0: Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter, ideas shape markets, ideas can change the world. Um, I work with many different members of the risk resilience security ecosystem. So I get exposed to many different business models. I get exposed to many different personalities who infuse their character and their values into those business models. And I came across recently a wonderful story of how character values and your business model intersect to save lives. So I want to invite onto the podcast today, the Great Conversation podcast, uh, my friend um, from Secure Source International, Dave Nicastro. Dave, great having you on.
1: Well, thank you, Ron.
0: It's great to be here with you today. And we're going to have a great conversation by the virtual fireplace, right? Absolutely. And what and, and a little something, something.
1: Something, something's good to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anyway, here it goes. Dave, I think since I led this podcast with values, integrity, character, infused in a business model. I think it's fair before we tell this incredible story that you led your team through uh, to first talk about what you do. So give me the key pillars of what you've been doing for the last, oh, it looks like at least 20 years.
1: Well, we're we're a security consulting investigations and services business uh ron and and what we do is uh and what i believe in firmly is the service side of the business uh, there's lots of people out there very large companies to smaller individual practitioners who are you know phenomenal in what they do and uh we're glad to be among them um serving our clients and uh when they when I engage with a client, I, um, uh, we do everything we can to make, uh, you know, make the impossible possible, if you will. Um, I know that might sound a little overdramatic. Oftentimes it's, uh, it's an investigation or it could be a fraud matter or protecting somebody as they travel, but, uh, we take it all seriously. Um, we, uh, we, we, engage to, uh, to you know, get great results. And uh, so clients keep coming back to us and they refer us to others. And, and most of our clients are corporate. Uh, we do some work with law firms and we've done some government work, if you will, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's about uh, service. That's what that's what we do. We we serve our clients and when they they know they're going to get me uh, on the on the phone and we're going to do everything we can to be successful in whatever mission uh, that they engage us on. You're primarily
0: known, isn't it true, as an executive protection agency? Is that correct?
1: Well, you know that varies. To some clients, uh, they don't even know that we do executive protection. We just do investigations uh, for them. Um, others, it's it's consulting um, and um, and not executive protection. Uh, but yes, we, we traditionally over the years since 1993, we've we've done a lot of uh, protective work, protection work. I have personally from you know, I've protected kings to celebrities of the highest caliber uh from frank sinatra to tiger woods to you know lots of different people over the years uh to uh you know like i said kings and presidents and everyone in between lots of corporate folks as they travel but yeah that's what we do and and you'll
0: also promise to extract me from mexico on my vacations if i run into trouble is that correct
1: well, I know you keep me on your speed dial, and um, and you you know I will I will do everything I can to safely extract you uh, should the call come. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, you know, executive protection. A lot of people don't realize, and I'm glad you underlined it. Executive protection actually does intersect with so many different fundamentals of corporate security. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I can see where where you would end up as a consultant an advisor, and uh, advisor and speak with many people within the CEO and the CEO's team's uh, purview. So thank you for bringing that up. I can see how that would happen. Now, over the years, you know, we just mentioned in a jocular way, we mentioned extraction. Executive protection is not just protecting during the travel, uh, and during the workday, uh, but also in certain cases where uh, something does happen, whether it's illness or an event, extraction is very necessary piece of your business. Tell me how that works for those people who aren't aware. You know, we we hear the dramatic media stories. You know, where Ross Perot flies his plane in and extracts a bunch of people. Remember those days? I just aged myself, but um, but but. How does that work? What does that underlying um, grid look
1: like, David? Well, Ron, first you touched on executive protection and the extraction, and and you're so right. Um, Executive protection is all about keeping the principle that you're protecting safe. And it's not about having a big you know, bodyguard and you know, how well he can shoot and you know, and all the stuff we see in the movies and and driving and all this stuff that can often put people in danger. It's simply uh to you know, safely move that executive from point A to point B. And if something, if shooting does start, it's to get that person out of there, not to engage in gunfights and so forth. So on the executive protection level, that's what we do. We uh, it's through advanced planning and preparation and being prepared with the right, you know, medical emergencies and so forth to get the principal away safely. Uh, and that they're, you know, productive in their meetings and so forth. Now, extraction, you know, uh, you know, a lot of wide range. And we saw extraction um, uh, in a big, big way last year with COVID. We had clients stranded in places around the world, uh, from Ecuador to Africa and, uh, you know, the Middle East and other places that were, you know, COVID was just Running rampant, and and they were stuck, and we had to get them out of the country and uh, get them back to uh, a safer place. In many cases, here in the United States, so through our network, which is so important to us, I mean that's what it's all about. It's not it's not me or my team. at Secure Source. It's our network and our ecosystem of people that will pick up the phone and they will. Do whatever it takes to, uh, you know, extract people in that case out of a, out of a country and, and help. And and it's from security people to some people in government that we know that can help with, uh, you know, the right paperwork and getting you uh, what you need to be able to uh, um, appropriately uh, extract and then come into the United States. Let's say or other places, Canada or other uh, safe places in Europe. Right. But the same principles apply.
0: You know, you're trying to protect the security, safety uh, of the individual. Um, And I'm glad you brought that up. What most people don't realize is setting up the kind of network you're talking about takes years and years and years. And it's not just who you know, it's also the trust fabric as as well as the protocols that go into uh, helping those people wherever they may be. So, so obviously took a very, very long time to get that uh, put in place.
1: Well, I've been, you know, doing this uh, with Secure Source since '93, but before that, uh, since 1974, if you will in building that network of people uh, in our industry and outside with uh, with others as well. And I know, as you know, um, we've done a lot of work over the years in, uh, you know, natural disasters from earthquakes to hurricanes and helping people, um, you know, whether they get supplies and that sort of thing. We've done a lot of that work as well, um, you know, and, and it does take a, a very strong network uh, to be able to pull that together in an emergency in a crisis situation and uh, and fast I mean we feel we're immediately responsive to our uh, our customers needs and uh, you know we'll do whatever it takes to uh, to get the job done and we did that in Puerto Rico we did that recently in Louisiana and Haiti as well so yeah so let's talk
0: about Afghanistan uh, a country I know well because I visited it in my college days in the Hindu Kush, in Bamiyan, in Mazar Sharif. I realize it is um, a tribal country. The term Afghanistan is a construct uh, probably more from the European side than it is from an Afghanistan standpoint. And uh, a tragedy, a tragedy of sorts when we went to um, extract ourselves, the United States from that country, uh, and a lot of people left behind and, and stuck in a terrible situation. Can you give us some of the raw details of that story, David? Was it a phone call you got? Was Were you monitoring the situation for your clients? What was going on in Afghanistan?
1: Well, first of all, uh, Afghanistan's a place I've never been to. I've traveled uh, throughout the world—Lebanon, uh, where I lived uh, for a number of years in the, in the Marine Corps—to um, the Middle East and the Silk Road, and uh, Tajikistan, and, and uh, uh, anyway, been all over the place. But Afghanistan's one of those I haven't been to. However, when when I saw what was going on and uh, the desperation and so forth that people had, I I knew we had the right contacts to uh, be of assistance. So like I do so often, whether it's a, uh, you know, a hurricane or an earthquake or, you know, what was happening on the ground in Afghanistan, I started reaching out to our clients and saying, uh, do you have anybody that's in Afghanistan and need any assistance? And we had one client that, uh, initially said, no, we we're glad to say we don't have anybody over there. And, and then as things were really falling apart, said, well, wait a minute, I just got this across my desk. We have, we have one employee stuck and uh, needs to get out and um, you know, had a number of different issues that needed to be resolved and so forth. So that's how we got started. And we, uh, it was also Simon Atkinson who's in our, uh, our UK office Um who handles EMEA. Uh, any rate, so we started working with, with that one client. And uh, uh, that person was was successfully, you know, put on an airplane and taken out. Then I, somehow the word got out to different people that we were working in this area. And we started, you know, we had already kind of had, we had all the processes in place. And with a uh, uh, subcontractor, with all the right uh uh, partner of ours with all the right uh, credentials and background and experience to get people out, and initially, like so many things, Ron, this started with a failure. I must, uh, I gotta say, um, we we were approached to bring out like twenty-five people, and uh, and we were offered, we were paid actually uh, quite a substantial amount of money because. Our partner in Af- in Afghanistan that was on the ground with vehicles and and flights and so forth and the ability to uh, to to move people we thought um, was uh, was you know world class and so we accepted the money and we start you know, we initially just sent it on uh, to to start moving these people as quickly as possible and uh, we kept getting you know the word that, uh, flight wasn't available, flights canceled, uh, too risky to move. And, uh, any rate, long story, less long, we, uh, the the bottom line, these people were in fear for their lives. And after a couple of weeks, the, uh, organization that had paid us said, look, we, we know you've worked hard at this, but, uh, we need to go another route. And, you know, we, we, we need to get these people to safety. So can you return us the money? And, uh, and uh, thank you, we appreciate your, you know, your efforts. And so we did, we, uh, we returned the money. Uh, and of course that hurt me, you know I hate any kind of time that we're not 100% successful in what we do. And uh, I felt, I took that as a, as, as a failure. And so, but in doing so, we had made during that process some incredible uh, inroads through our network of people that have experience in getting refugees out, aren't in the security business, but um, are so well connected in the Middle East that have, uh, they have the ability to move money to, to people that have a need, and we're talking only, you know, 500 bucks here or there, or get them into a safe house in a safer area. For instance, you know, some of the people we were, you know, we, we eventually started working with had had moved from mazar sharif to Kabul in certain neighborhoods in a safe area, uh, because they were in da- mortal danger. And uh, so, we took it on. We we then said, uh, okay, well, we got this network and we're approached uh, to help about 17 people get out. And through the network that we had built, um, I knew that by connecting the dots and putting the right people in touch and helping in the coordination and being part of the conduit that Simon and I could really get this done. We had all the elements, we we're using secure communications through, you know, different platforms. There's, you know, Signal, Telegram, WhatsApp and others that, um, you know, so we could communicate with these individuals. We had the ability to get the money. We, we were, and uh, we then, I then focused on, if you will, how important it is to know each individual and their story more so than uh trying to just get a number of people out, and on the important part was what 's the what 's the back end of that plan what 's the capture plan if you will once you do get them out, do they have a sponsor here in the United States or in Canada or in Europe that will help get them assimilated into society because the last thing you want to do is for these people to go to a refugee camp somewhere in Pakistan or other places so uh, we then learned about things I had never heard about, to be honest with you, humanitarian parole through the State Department and things that people have used for, you know, the past 20 years in uh, getting refugees assimilated into business, you know, and, and, and education and schools so that they can come back into society here in the U.S. and, and Europe and, and uh, Canada. Canada is a big location that brings in lots of people At any rate. Um, I mean, what we, what we did was, um, we did connect the dots through our network. We had all the elements, we had, a, a non-profits, number of them actually, that were chartering flights and paying for that out of their pockets, um, and their donations. Uh, and we essentially said, look, we can get, you know, we got, we can keep these people safe. They're in safe places. When the timing's right, we'll have their manifest and information on their passports and uh, other documentation needed, Tuscara uh, documentation to get them out of the country. Um, there was a lot of anxiety in, in all this, as you might imagine, as this unfolded over you know the past month. Um, they were individuals getting; we were getting messages back that the Taliban was outside their door and. Other people were being killed in the streets, um, you know, that uh, people were in mortal fear for their lives. And should they stay put? And we said, just stay put until the timing is right. Um, And when when it was right, uh, the charter was there. We had the manifest information. We all that was approved, needed to be approved through, you know, Government sources, if you will, uh, whether they were going into Europe or eventually going to be going into Canada, and and some of that's still in process actually of getting them out of the Middle East, but they are out of Afghanistan. And and to me, Ron, uh, what was so uplifting, and I haven't done enough pro bono in my life, but I, I we we have done a number of things. You know, the stuff we did in Zimbabwe with, you know, getting. The word out uh, through National Geographic on uh, baby elephants that were being captured and so forth. Other things that we've done pro bono. It really fills my heart with uh, joy, and you know beyond um, money and the things that you can get in this business uh, and, and other success. Um, to see the notes that I received um, in Dari, <laughs> uh, with some emojis, I could understand the emojis, but I couldn't understand the Dari, um, when these individuals who were so thankful to the people they knew to say, Hey, you saved our life. Uh, you know, this is, we were, we were going to gonna definitely die if we stayed in Afghanistan with, between the hunger and being targeted by the Taliban and what they're doing to others. Uh, to, to know that you've saved, it's now up to about 27 people, 27 people and what they'll do with their lives. And as they assimilate into some society, hopefully in Europe, Canada, here in the US, uh, go to school, get jobs, uh, have families of their own, that, uh, you know, that when they share the love of, um, the, you know, that you were able to do that. And, and you know, as I was reflecting over this forty-year career, if you will, that uh, and what I, what I, what we do in our business day to day, which I, I love, the interfacing with our customers and getting results that help them look good and wherever and whatever it is they need, whether it's in, you know an emergency situation like in, uh, after an earthquake or whatever, um, nobody really cares about that, uh, to be honest with you. Um, no one will care that, you know, uh, whether I was a director of security for Coke industries or what I'd done in my career, nobody really cares. But to me, I know these 17 people will always care and will always reflect on, Hey, I may not have met that guy, but, uh, he saved my life. And to me, that's the biggest reward I've ever had in this business.
0: You know, if we um, sit for a moment, all of us on, on this great conversation and reflect that, and this is a global audience, but for a moment, because I live in the United States and I'm a United States citizen, we're in the land of the free, the home of the brave. We don't have to worry about thought police We don't have to worry about our neighbors telling uh, a um, dark force, uh, dark political force on us. Imagine being in your home and not being able to walk outside without the danger of someone whispering something to an authority that wants to kill you or imprison you or harm you in any way. Uh, And throughout history, we've had those moments, uh, Jewish people in Nazi Germany and and uh, and uh, during the Soviet Revolution and uh, the persecutions that went on. And I can't even imagine. Like I said, I've been to Afghanistan. I can't even imagine, quite frankly, how you got them out logistically, uh, how you got the, the manifest to them. And how you were able to get them through that dark web. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart, somehow infusing the land of the free and the home of the brave inside their hearts. And like you said, now now we just pray their journeys are beginning and they take those same values forward and pay it forward to others in their lives. So, David, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing.
1: Thank you, Ron. And you're so right. I mean, uh, we are the land of the free and home of the brave. And it, it sickens me when I see the the people that, you know, don't get it. They may not have ever traveled themselves and, and don't realize how fortunate we all are that we don't have to worry about uh, being killed. Or can you imagine like in the, these people's situations of just leaving everything behind and carrying a one small bag with maybe a few things uh, in it uh, to, to and, and you're just going to go to some place you don't know where, but you've got hope and it's it, now you're kind of coming to the land of hope and dreams. And I think it, it, it's really sad in our country where we are right now that, that people lose sight of uh, that. We are the land of the free, the home of the brave, what patriots have done before us. And uh, to get us to have that, uh, you know, to, to have that, that freedom, if you will, and what we have and all that we have here in this country and uh, um, people Auto, uh you know just it'd be nice if they could understand what others in the world are going through because it's not only it's it's not only afghanistan obviously it's sudan and it's haiti and it's there's so many different places that uh um that el salvador and other other places that 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 people don't have any of those freedoms and uh we're fortunate. So and thank you for your for allowing me uh, to to get together with you and, and have this conversation. I, I really appreciate it, Ron.
0: It has been a great conversation with Dave Nicastro from Secure Source.